In the last 24 hours, you may have started to hear the warnings about the dangers of something called the Momo Challenge. And the word is it aims to bring harm to kids. So what the heck is a Momo, you're thinking, and why am I just hearing about it now? I get you. So we've reached out to Andy Robertson. He's a gaming expert from the UK and also a freelance journalist. Andy has spent the past few days investigating the subject of Momo, talking to online safety experts, academics, and also even going so far as hunting for Momo online, which resulted in the Forbes.com piece, Don't Panic, What Parents Really Need to Know About the Momo Challenge. Andy's on the show right now. Andy, get us up to speed on the Momo Challenge. What is it? So, I mean, it's a little bit like a ghost story. So telling telling you the the sort of the story that's circulating is not a bad place to start before we maybe debunk some of the kind of the myth of it. And so Momo is a a grotesque bird character. that is actually an art installation created by a Japanese doll artist. Um, And that has nothing to do with the circulating story. But that that, the image of this bird was circulated um, with a story that if you phone a particular number or text a particular number, you can get in contact with this fictional creature. Um, But the, the dark side of that is, apart from it being quite grotesque, is that Children were encouraged to, to do that, and um, then a series of messages would go back and forth from the child if they did it by their phone or via WhatsApp, um, and they would then lead to sort of more and more um, severe challenges, getting up at certain times of the night um, and maybe self-harm, or in some cases, the story goes to suicide. Um, but I guess saying right off the bat, it's worth saying that in terms of actual harm that's come to children or, or anyone, from this game being played, there's no there's no direct link that's been made. There's been the suspicion, um, and obviously the story itself is quite worrying. But in terms of direct harm, I think that's really important to say, you know, it's just a story in many ways. So there is no evidence of direct harm. People are starting to worry needlessly, thinking that uh, children are being harmed by this when it's just a story that's being passed around right now. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. But obviously, because the story has now become kind of viral and it's going everywhere, it, it, it does act like a chain letter or like a ghost story. So you have lots of copycat sort of situations going on. And there will be instances, I should think, in the press, I think I've seen some already today, where a child has been encouraged to do something. I think there's a story of a child cutting their hair or something like that. Um, but that isn't, that is not like some premeditated um, dark game that is kind of circulating the globe. This is more a kind of a ghost story phenomenon. One of the things I read about in the Momo Challenge is that when you get in touch, when your child gets in touch with Momo, uh, if they did, that what would happen would be uh, they would threaten the safety of your family or they'd say, I'll put a curse on you if you don't do this. And a lot of people laugh and go, that's nothing. But you brought up chain letters. There were people that would pass on chain letters feeling that if they didn't get the chain letter out to the next 10 people in such and such a time, bad luck would, would fall upon them. Yeah, and you know, a chain letter, there's a quite a high barrier to going and printing a letter off, putting in an envelope, stamping the envelope, posting it. But, but in this kind of story, it's just click, it's searching Google for a particular number and then just clicking that number and making contact. And then the person on the other side is then sending sort of grotesque messages. So in terms of the barrier to it happening, it's quite low. Um, but I think in terms of the, the sort of the, the worry that is kind of circling the, the globe isn't in proportion to the threat. And actually, it distracts us from the real danger, which is actually properly teaching our children how to be safe online, um, you know, the sort of the etiquette that they should have online, how they should treat other people, um, and just making sure that they know what to do. And, you know, they shouldn't be contacting any strangers online, whatever the method. Let's get to that in a second. You actually tried to contact Momo. What was the result? Tell us what you did and, and what you found out. 
Yes, yeah, so me and some colleagues, you know, we were on the story and we thought, well, let's see if we can find the numbers. Um, they spent some time trying to find some and I assisted with some of those searches and we found some numbers, but um, texting them or WhatsApping them brought no response. Now, maybe that's just a matter of time, um, but I think that that's kind of, it, it's a signifier of how this is more of a story than something that is avidly happening all the time. Children aren't getting contacted in their thousands and thousands. Um, What's likely, you know, there's going to be a seed of truth and, and an original kind of story back, back probably last year where maybe there was something set up that did this in a small way, but the story has grown out of all proportion. Yeah, someone told me the story originated uh, in Russia. Is that correct? Did you learn any, anything about that? It's that there's a variety of sources, so it's hard to pin down exactly where it is. There's a lot of the early sort of videos you see of it are in Spanish. Um, there's reports of it starting in Japan. Obviously, that's where the image and the doll was, so maybe there's some credibility there. Um, but I get, it's the sort of thing that's kind of impossible to actually um, to nail down because of the sort of the nature of things being shared. You also mentioned that a BBC article linked the game to hackers in a phishing operation. Would that be uh, from people passing on the story to their friends and all their contacts? Yeah, I think that's that's another example of how the story is being exaggerated. Um, and there's no there's no possibility of... So there's been a report of the Momo image being hacked into Fortnite and Minecraft and video games um, by parents reporting that. When you actually read closely what they're saying... It's not the games themselves, it's people on YouTube who are making a video and they know that Momo is a popular theme and so they put that into their video they've made by popping him up, um, popping her up, uh, then they like to get more views. And they just so splice it in. Yeah, exactly. It's like a post-edit sort of thing. Right. And so then, that, then the people think, oh, the games have been hacked, my children mustn't play Fortnite. And that's, again, it's just part of this kind of rumour mill which is spiralling in some ways, out of control. That's interesting, because I hadn't read about the Fortnite, but I had read about the uh, children's YouTube that's supposed to be safe, and a lot of people, you know, put their kids down with the device and set them up with a, a couple of YouTube cartoons, and that some parents had reported that their kids were watching, and all of a sudden, a Momo image would pop up, and then back to the cartoon. I guess the real message here is that the danger is that you're not watching what your kids are watching on social media or online, you have to be savvy about what your kids are into, right? Yeah, I think you need to pay attention to what's on the screen. I think that there's, there has been a trend in thinking, well, as long as I limit the amount of time my child is on screens, then they're kind of safe and healthy. And I think that's not a great, a great way to look at it. A much better and more positive approach is to take responsibility as a parent to actually pay attention to what's happening on the screen and also then to encourage them to have a, a, wide, a wide range of experiences on that screen when they're on it, but obviously alongside time when they're not doing that as well. And that means that not only do you sort of influence what they're doing, but you also understand what they're doing and there's conversations about it. So then if something does untoward does happen, the child has already got this dialogue going and they would naturally come and tell you because they would see you as someone who's interested and understands what's going on. So it would be more of a, oh, this is this weird, what's this weird face that's appeared, Mum? You know, uh, rather than keeping it secret uh, and then leading sort of down a darker path. So instead of panicking about the Momo challenge, we should use this as an opportunity for you know a moment of teaching. Earlier on, you said to make sure that your kids are not communicating with people they don't know on social media. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of sensible, you know, common sense advice. But some, you know, sometimes we can assume children know that but that maybe they don't. And particularly because social media is changing, 
um, often they know they know kind of how to work it better than parents in some cases, and particularly with video games. And so it's easy to take a, take a step back. But what they don't know about is because of the general, you know, what the ways of the world and the kind of wisdom of how to use these things. And that's why it's important that parents don't take that step back, but but play a play a role. And it's easier to do that if you start at a younger age rather than waiting to sort of teenage years. And again, then that has other benefits in terms of having a healthy dialogue about how long's too long and, you know, understanding the enjoyment they're getting from, from games and from watching videos as well. And Andy, you know a lot about what you're talking about. In fact, you're in the midst of writing a book, Taming Gaming. Tell us a little bit about that book. It's a resource for parents, because I realise I would often say this, I would often say, well, the best thing to do as a parent is to get involved in the, the games that your children play. And for me, I can do that because I kind of know about it. But there's a bit of an information gap for parents who didn't. But we're saying, we like the idea, but how do we do that? So the book is a little bit of explaining the things we've talked about now. But a large part of it is just really simple ways to find games that, firstly, that you as an adult might want to play, but also some really great experiences that you can play with your whole family. It's kind of laid out like a recipe book. So you can flick through the pages and find sort of gaming recipes of what games you'd like to play together. And on those double page spreads it tells you everything you need to know so it sort of lowers that barrier to entry and really helps parents um, sort of play the role that they're really good at at guiding their children to, to brilliant experiences much like they do with uh, in other areas of life like diet it sounds like we have to stop thinking about video games as something our kids play and start looking at them like a family board game night yeah i think that's a really that's a really good step in the right direction and and that whole thing of rather than just limiting time. Like, if a, if a child wasn't, didn't have a, a healthy diet, we wouldn't worry about plate time. We would think, well, what's on their plate? And parents are brilliant at getting kids to eat vegetables. And but kids also are aware that we eat vegetables. And if, if they'd soon pick up on the fact that if we were trying to make them do that and we didn't do it ourselves, it, it would be something funny. So, again, with video games, not to worry about screen time, actually to play a part in it and to have a genuine understanding and experience of what it's like to play a game because then we can actually guide them in in an authentic way. Let's go full circle here and wrap it up with what you think people should take away from this Momo challenge. I think paying attention to what's going on on your child's screens is an important thing. I think also not immediately sharing information about kind of viral threats like this before checking them out. There's a variety of sites online you can go and check for these sorts of um, ghost story type rumours to see if they're true or not. Because um, a lot of the sort of the wheel spinning that's gone on is because lots of us have shared it. <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all, you know, we're all guilty of that. So a little, little bit of caution there, and to spend that time instead on actually talking to our children about what they do online, um, and then doing that with them. Thanks so much for spending some time with us and getting us up to speed on what exactly is going on with this Momo challenge. My pleasure.